Hi, I'm Pete Bowen, and welcome to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life. You can subscribe to this blog and podcast at my websites, realtalkaboutlife.com or petebowen.net. It's also available on iTunes. In our last episode, we talked about an 80-year Harvard study that says that happiness in life comes from good relationships. We also talked about the nature of happiness, the long-term fulfillment and contentment you have with who you've become and what you've done with your life. So we've got this 80-year Harvard study that says happiness comes from good relationships. There's a good reason for that. As human beings, we are biologically wired for relationship. Relationship is a fundamental part of our human nature and our DNA. Having good relationships fulfills our human nature. That's why good relationships bring happiness. That's why we thrive when we're in good relationships. As the Harvard study shows, we're healthier, we feel better, we live longer, and we're more productive when we're in good relationships. In contrast, lonely human beings are much more likely to be anxious, depressed, unhealthy, and far less productive. Loneliness can shorten your lifespan by 15 years. That's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Do you want to make a prisoner in jail suffer? Put him in solitary confinement and deprive him of relationship. What's the worst way to bully somebody? It's not yelling at them or even hitting them. The worst way to bully someone is to shun them. In ancient societies, exile was worse than death because exile cut you off from your relationship with your identity and your tribe. If you give infants all the food and water they need, but you don't give them love and affection, about 40% will die. More than half the surviving infants will have deep psychological challenges. Why is that? Because love and affection help shape our neural pathways. When the physical affection doesn't happen, the neural pathways don't get wired correctly. Our society feels like it's breaking down and anxiety, depression, and suicide are skyrocketing because our relationships at every level of society are breaking down. As humans, we are biologically wired for relationship, especially love. That's why good relationships bring fulfillment and happiness. It's how we're wired. That's why good relationships are so important for our personal, family, and work success. All you need for happiness is to focus on having good relationships. Developing good relationships will make you healthier, a better parent at home, a better leader at work, and a better friend to your family and friends. Life is all about relationships. Everything else is a distraction. So why doesn't everyone already know this? Why don't we know about this happiness thing? The more I talk with millennials and Gen Z, the more convinced I become that no one told them that life is about happiness. It's not even on their radar screen. When I bring up happiness, things get a bit awkward. How would younger generations know about happiness if no one told them? For thousands of years, people grew up surrounded by their parents, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, and cousins. Cousins were so close that they were often treated just like brothers and sisters. In late 1800s and early 1900s America, that might look like the Buffalo neighborhood that my grandma McGuire grew up in. She was born into an Irish Catholic family 
around her 12 aunts and uncles, her cousins, and other Irish Catholic families, all members of the local Irish Catholic parish. Between her parents, aunts and uncles, cousins, and the Irish Catholic families and parish, lessons about the meaning of life were constantly reinforced from every direction. If nothing else, you picked it up by osmosis and habit. The same was true of many Italian, Jewish, Hispanic, Asian, Polynesian, of all communities. Many of those who rejected the religious aspect of their community would later call themselves cultural Catholics or cultural Jews. The habits were so ingrained. As America grew larger and transportation got better, individual families increasingly left those close community ties and headed west by wagon train or railroads or eventually cars. The Depression and World War II accelerated that migration as people traveled looking for work or settled on the West Coast after the war. America shifted from a time when multi-generational families often lived together, often on top of each other, to a time in which the focus was on independent nuclear families. In television show terms, America transitioned from the Waltons to Leave it to Beaver. The Waltons was about a three-generational family living together in the same house in Appalachia during the Depression. The grandparents were a constant presence. In contrast, Leave it to Beaver featured a nuclear family, the Cleavers, with other relatives appearing in only 2% of the episodes. In general, the change from multi-generational families living in neighborhoods with the same ethnic groups and religions to the nuclear family living comparatively isolated meant that all those lessons about life and happiness learned by osmosis faded. Many younger people, say those born after about 1980, were literally never told that life is about happiness. My millennial daughter recommended Anne Helen Peterson's essay, How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation, to get a good feel for how many millennials feel about life, and it's bad. You can read my blog piece or listen to my podcast about Peterson's insights at Millennials Pursuing Happiness and Avoiding Burnout. Peterson talks about how parents pushed millennials to optimize themselves to win at life. There is a never-ending list of things people are supposed to do. When people get exhausted chasing that list, there is yet another list of things they're supposed to do to avoid the anxiety, burnout, and blues. The result isn't satisfaction with life, but burnout and disillusionment. Peterson writes almost 8,000 words about life and never mentions the word happiness. There's almost no mention of relationships. The concept of happiness doesn't even seem to be in her frame of reference. So how would millennials and Gen Z know about happiness if their boomer and Gen X parents never told them? Let's ask that a different way. If boomer and Gen X parents are disappointed that millennials and Gen Z don't have a strong understanding of life, the older generations only have themselves to blame. After all, we're the ones that raised them. Of course, there's much more to the story of how we lost sight of happiness, and there are deeper dynamics at work. You can find a more detailed history, starting with my blog and podcast piece, Wisdom Versus Power, A Brief History. In our next blog and podcast, we'll discuss three basic kinds of relationships, 
relationships based in power, contract relationships, and wisdom-based covenant relationships. I'm Pete Bowen. Thanks for listening.